0: Maybe it's not even the right way to think about it to say, oh, ketones are the backup fuel. It's like ketones are more than normal fuel. And then when you have sugar, that becomes this added fuel on top.
1: Hey there, welcome to the biohacker babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner
2: and check movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life.
1: Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the Biohacker Babes. I'm Renee and I'm here with my sister Lauren today. Hello, Renee. I'm in New York today. Isn't that fun? Yay. Finally back in the city. Yes. Your awesome background. Love it. (laughs) Thank you. And we have Michael Brandt coming on today. If you are curious about anything related to ketones, today is the day. We are going to take a deep dive, (laughs) lots of ketone one-on-one information, man. We threw so many questions at Michael and we had so many more. It was just so, so fascinating. I have... I think even more curiosity around ketones now and I can't wait to keep experimenting with it. So, yeah, he goes a lot into, you know, why we can all be taking advantage of exogenous ketones specifically. So don't feel like if you're not on a ketogenic diet, this doesn't apply to you. We all can be benefiting from this, especially with the metabolic health crisis that we're currently in. And whether you're an endurance athlete or you're looking for longevity or brain optimization, really all of this information can apply to you. So stay tuned for a really, really exciting episode.
2: Yeah. I'm definitely more motivated and way more excited to take ketones. I feel like I've had a lot of different products in my supplement cabinet over the years and they kind of get forgotten and I'm not really sure why, but obviously learning about something is really empowering and motivating. And now I'm like, I can't wait to run to my kitchen and try them for all purposes. (laughs) for fasting days, for exercise, for sleep. That was a really interesting part of the conversation. So if you are new to ketones, yes, as Renee said, I think this is going to be full of goodies for you. And if you're interested in trying Ketone IQ, which is his product from HVMN, which is such a cool acronym, it stands for Health Via Modern Nutrition, stay tuned to the end of the episode. We will share some details about how you can try it out.
1: Yeah. And I will just add to what you said about like different products sitting in your pantry or whatever. I think there's been a lot of products on the market that one taste really bad or two, they're super expensive. So mm-hmm. I appreciate all of the hard work they have put into making it not only palatable, but much cheaper. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: All right. Let me tell you a little bit more about Michael before I bring him on. So everything Michael Brandt does is fast and intense. Aside from cruising through marathons at a cool six-minute mile pace, he and fellow Stanford alumni co-founder Jeffrey Wu have scaled HVMN in a few short years. Most recently, they introduced the second iteration of their flagship ketone drink, Ketone IQ. HVMN invented Ketone IQ because they believe people should spend more time with elevated ketone levels for better health and performance. Through Michael's steadfast leadership, HVMN not only launched the world's first drinkable ketone, but is tracking to redefine the limits of human performance, metabolism, and longevity to combat the global metabolic health crisis. As a father of a newborn, Michael has increasingly limited free time, but remains an avid triathlete and marathoner with a 2.42 personal record. Wow. Amazing. Well, Michael it was such a pleasure to talk with, and we can't wait for you to tune in. Let's do it. Welcome, Michael, to the BioHacker Babes. We're so happy to have you.
0: Renee, Lauren, thanks so much for having me. And thanks everyone for listening in. It's gonna be a fun episode.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, we're gonna talk about everything ketone related. I'm excited to take like a really deep dive. Um, our listeners, they're very familiar with the importance of metabolic flexibility. We've talked about the ketogenic diet. There's a lot of people out there that are wearing continuous glucose monitors, and then I think even some that are testing ketones maybe with like the keto Keto mojo, but we are going to take an extra deep dive on everything. So I think just to kick it off with like the super basics, what are exogenous ketones?
0: There's a couple of levels to address that. That, that is the question. Okay. What is a is the ketone? Question. There's a couple of levels <laughs> and I can start with the start with the simplest level, which is ketones are a source of energy that feel really Good in your brain when you drink them or when your body produces them naturally. To go a level deeper, a lot of people have heard about ketones. If you've heard of the ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting or when you're doing endurance exercise, in any of these contexts where your body runs low on glucose, runs low on carbohydrates, your body will start to make its own ketones. You'll turn fat into ketones. And it's ketones, not fat, that will be crossing the blood-brain barrier and providing your brain with energy when you're in that low-glucose state. Humans used to have much lower glucose levels. We used to eat a lot less processed carbs and all that. So being in this state of elevated ketones is arguably the more natural human state. And what we've, our invention, our innovation at HVMN is that we, in 2017, we launched the world's first ketone ester. And earlier this year, we launched V2, where we brought down the price significantly by like two thirds, and we made it more palatable. We've been doing a lot of work with uh, US DoD and military operators. We have a six million dollar contract with Special Operations Command. We work with a lot of interesting researchers, and we took the learnings from that to make V2, which launched earlier this year, which is now finally like if it's consumer thing, the way that so the same way that you can eat CBD or collagen, you can now have ketones. Like we're in grocery stores like Sprouts and you can buy it on Amazon. Like we've made ketones a nutritional primitive, similar to those other things I mentioned, like whey protein or omega-3.
1: Yeah. Which is pretty amazing to see. We've come a long way.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. It's such a natural thing that our bodies make, yet its application seems so new to so many people because we've been in this state of, you know, grocery stores open 24 seven state of excess energy. Not a lot of people are even doing like the very basic circadian fast. Yet now right. this new product is on the market and people are like, what, why? So can we start to talk about the very basic benefits or what? what's like the elevator pitch as to why we should even be interested in ketones? Because I know this answer, the applications are so vast, but if you ran yeah. into someone in the store and you had to like very quickly sell them on it, what would you say?
0: Yeah. Ketones are an energy substrate. They provide energy to your body and your brain and your muscles. They are a source of calories and therefore they can be used for all sorts of different functions in your body. They can be used by your brain cells to do all the, all the amazing things that your brain does from like conscious thinking to subconscious regulation of various processes. They can be used by your muscles during athletic performance and recovery. They're a substrate. I think that's important to mention because when we think about like caffeine or various or other drugs or things that people are microdosing, those are, those are very specific Where they like caffeine blocks a specific sleep hormone and makes you feel less tired, more alert. It's very specific. Ketones is a substrate. It's like, I mean, carbohydrates are a substrate. Sugar is a substrate where you can, you can use it for all these different processes that your body does. And the really Mm -hmm. key thing, exciting thing about ketones is they're so they're super efficient. Cause again, your body makes ketones as your backup energy mode when you don't have glucose around inside of your cell it's significantly more efficient it's 30% it uses 30% less oxygen to turn into atp the energy currency in your cell so it's a super efficient molecule that can be used for all these different processes in your body and it's more efficient than glucose and it also creates less oxidative stress than glucose and so subjectively that means people feel more perked up when they have it and when we are a lot of the work that we do with the elite operators in the DOD it's, it's like target practice when people are really stressed and strained during challenging missions and, and being able to recover cognitive ability, like literally increasing accuracy and in shooting target drills when you're in this stressed or strained state, because your brain is just like more switched on from the ketones. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah. there's this whole breadth of things that it can do. A lot of it focuses around the, around the brain because ketones do cross the blood brain barrier in a, in, Yeah. A lot to unpack there.
1: Yeah. And what about the argument of, well, yes, ketones fuel the brain, but the brain needs glucose. How do you speak to that?
0: I would say there was a lot of, you know, humans have been around for 300,000 years and we didn't always have. (laughs) Berries 24 (laughs) (laughs) seven. Yeah. Berries, let alone (laughs) fruit loops and everything. And that like.
2: Pineapple, banana. Right. Like,
0: are like, like, I think, I don't know if ancient humans were like full keto, right? I think there, there were berries and grains. And stuff like that around. But this idea of like exogenous sugar is novel. Like, like mm-hmm. we didn't have just table sugar until a few hundred years ago. Like you, it wasn't that hard to just get straight sugar. You had to, you had to be eating berries. And then that stuff at least has fiber in it that slows down the uptake of carbs. And it's natural for your body to be, you know, there's feast and famine mode. I think like that, the more ancient human context is you know, we're walking around barefoot. We're moving four, five, six miles a day. We are not eating all this crazy amounts of sugar, and our body did have more elevated ketones. So one of the ways, maybe, it's, maybe it's not even the right way to think about it. To say, "Oh, ketones are the backup fuel." It's like ketones are more than normal fuel, and then when you have sugar, that becomes this added fuel on top, but th- there's an argument to be made that ketones are the more normal fuel for the brain. Cause here's, here's another way to think about it. Like your, your body can only store so much carbohydrates. You can only store like 2000 calories of glycogen in your, in your muscles and organ tissue. And then you're, you're out. So if you're, if there's a famine or you're fasting or you're on a long trip, or you're not eating carbs for a few days or a week, you're exercising a lot. You're burning off a lot of those You You run out of carbs very quickly when there's no 7-Eleven and Slurpees around and your body can store hundred times more calories as fat. You can store 100 times, like two orders of magnitude more calories as fat, even on a, on a lean person, like you will have 2000 calories plus or minus of glycogen and you'll have 200,000 calories of fat stores. So in a lot of ways, like your fat and then your fat gets converted into ketones. Like you have a lot more of that around. If you just look at the human body and anatomy, like there's more ketones around. And and in ancient context, there was a lot less carbohydrates, just widely available to where I don't, I, I mean, in the modern context, ketones are like this, this like novel insight, but in the ancient context, it's like, it was always there. normal. It was normal. Right yeah, right.
2: yeah. But in this state of excess energy, we're all in an energy excess is why we have metabolic dysfunction. And we're in this sugar loop. It's like, once you're into the sugar burning, your body kind of only knows that. So we rarely switch over to fat burning. So a lot of people enter into the ketogenic diet and most people do it the wrong way. And then your bodies don't adequately learn how to fat burn. How do ketones get us into that state where our body can recognize that fat burning is efficient, that it works really well, and that we can actually feel really good from from it rather than thinking I need to keep a protein bar in my bag at all times in case I (laughs) run out of food.
0: Yeah, that's so true. There's this concept of metabolic flexibility where if you're spending more time in this ketotic state, your body gets better at it. And what that specifically looks like is you can you can measure it that when humans spend more time with elevated ketones, they quickly within within days, they upregulate the amount of enzymes that they're producing to process those ketones, to move them th- into and throughout the Krebs cycle so like, your body literally gets better at having elevated ketone levels and also your body when you're if you're regularly creating your own ketones your body's getting better at that side of the equation too your body is if you're if you're regularly doing endurance exercise or and or eating lower carb and or have a fasting window where you're not constantly eating and any of these where you're like dipping in and out of ketogenesis your body's getting better at it So your body's getting better at producing ketones. Your body's also getting better at utilizing those ketones and it's measurable, right? Like that you can see the upregulation in enzymes that your body is producing. So what you want to do is that you want that metabolic flexibility, the hamster wheel that so many of us are on. The reason is 88% of Americans are metabolically unfit is that sugar is super addicting. It's no one, (laughs) no one should feel bad about that. Like no one wants to be addicted to anything. It's not like this bad label. It's just, it is sugar is very addicting. And once you eat it, you're very hungry and craving it again, very quickly afterwards. And if you are, you know, you spend 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life constantly on this hamster wheel, you've lost this ability to be metabolically flexible. You're like, your body's not good at utilizing ketones or making ketones. It's still in your genetic code. Like you're still human. Like you still have, are inheriting like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. And that is the glimmer of hope. Like that it, the, you can get it back. If you start doing the right things, if you start decreasing your sugar intake, if you start being more active, if you start having more circulating ketones, your body will snap to adapt to what to do with that. But you don't want to do it too late, right? Because if you spend too much time in that just like constant hamster wheel, like you're not going to feel good, A, just like day by day, you're not going to feel good. And B, you're going to get metabolically unhealthy. You're like, you're going to, your body's, I I think a lot of people know that elevated glucose equals to eventually you get diabetes. Like you don't want to constantly be in that state. Mm Hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's super motivating actually. Cause you're saying it's kind of like strength training or exercising. You just practice getting better at fat burning where most of us right now are just practicing being better at being on this hamster wheel that you said. So if you just shift the focus to practicing being in that state, cause I know, you know, a lot of people don't like the idea of fasting. It's hard if yes. you're new at it, but if you practice really motivating to hear that, it will get better.
0: Yeah, it does. It's the same way that when you get into a good streak of going to the gym is like you want to go to the gym like it feels weird yeah. to not go to the gym you feel yucky if you like miss a day or two of exercise like that's what happens when people get really into this groove of being fat adapted is it's like too much sugar like it feels icky it's like it's mm-hmm. it feels like too much statics like and I don't want to be a total dog dogmatic about it like I'll have pizza now and then you know like I'll have a cupcake here like I don't want to be totally overly dogmatic like never touch carbs I think that that sometimes is not helpful to the discourse, but I, I, but I won't sure. do mean to say it's like my go-to lunch is not a plate of pasta or even like a sandwich with a lot of bread or something like I, if I'm like my daily, you know, it's Wednesday, like, like for lunch, I'm going to have like, I, I don't know, there's, I will have like Chipotle with like low rice and like veggies and meat and I keep it, keep it light on the carbs. Cause I don't want to feel sleepy 90 minutes later. And I, I like that my body is fat adapted and I want to keep it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I mean, anything that's going to make you feel better is super motivating. And I think people need to figure out what balance is right for them. Like you said, like you'll occasionally have a cupcake or occasionally have a piece of pizza. And I think people want to hear that, that like us as biohackers, we are normal people. We do occasionally eat things like that, but we're not eating it, you know, 80 to 90% of the time. That's the big difference. And speaking of the sugar and the addiction thing, what I think is really interesting with the exogenous ketones, and I have experienced this personally with your product is the appetite suppression. Which, Mm -hmm. if your appetite is down, you are less likely to crave those carbs and sugars and go for that snack. So, even like in between clients, sometimes my habit is to like go down to the kitchen and just see what's in the fridge. But now I just like do a shot of ketones and that is good for a couple hours. So, can you talk about the science behind like what is happening there with appetite suppression?
0: Yeah, there was a really interesting study done where they had participants drink ketones. Was, there's was two wings to this study. So some of the participants were drinking ketones and some were drinking a placebo, which was isocaloric. So it's the same amount of calories, like an isosceles triangle, like the two sides are the same. Isocaloric group was having the same amount of calories, but of dextrose sugar and the ketone group, they felt significantly less hungry. When they did check-ins just on a subjective mood scale, like one to 10, how hungry are you? People felt significantly less hungry in the ketone group. And when they did an objective blood measure of ghrelin, the hunger hormone, ghrelin was also suppressed in that ketone group, which I think is eye-opening because it says that not all calories are the same. And that's maybe something a lot of people intuitively know, but it's really interesting to hear it out loud that like a hundred calories of a Kit Kat bar is just not going to satiate you the way that hundred calories of like, hard boiled egg is going to satiate you. I think like, I mean, we're specifically, we're talking about ketones here and that's, that's, what's really powerful about ketones is that like, there are calories in it. I want to make sure it's, that that's not lost. Some people like there, it is a mm. source of calories. Like that is why your brain feels really nice when you drink it. But like, it's a very, they're very like tight, efficient form of calories. Like they leave you feeling satiated in a way that the same amount of calories of like Kool-Aid or lemonade, or orange juice, anything with like high sugar in it is not going to satiate you the same way, and it's and not, and it's doing all these other things, right? It's not spiking your blood glucose, which is spiking your blood insulin, which is going to make you tired and going to give you diabetes eventually. Like it's, it has all these other properties to it too.
2: And right. that's because of the effect on leptin and ghrelin, or just the absence of the sugar, or is that one and
0: the same? It's one and the same. It's yeah. It's it's the absence of sugar. Like ketones get metabolized without insulin, like they're, they're non-insulinogenic. So glucose, when you have elevated glucose, your body will, your pancreas releases insulin to address that glucose. This is one-to-one things like elevated glucose, your body releases insulin. And then with the whole thing that we're talking about is that if you repeatedly have high insulin levels, your body stops listening to it. You develop that insulin sensitivity. And I know you've worked a lot with levels and this is maybe, I mean, I definitely to you, to you too, this is old news, but for the Say listeners. it a million times, yeah. please.
2: Yes. <laughs> that, <laughs> we need that, to hear it.
0: <laughs> that when you have those high insulin, it's like if you're listening to loud music all the time, you know that you're eventually going to get noise-induced hearing loss. If you have elevated insulin levels all the time, you're going to develop insulin sensitivity. They're just not going to not going to work anymore. It's the the boy mm-hmm. who called, cried wolf. Like the insulin is not going to work <laughs> anymore.
1: Yeah, and that's a great analogy. Yeah.
0: Whereas whereas the ketones get metabolized. They're not insulinogenic. Like they do not require insulin. Like the rate of metabolism is just depends on how much ketones you have circulating. So you're not triggering that insulin response. That in the short term, having high insulin will make you feel tired, uh, like an hour or two after you eat. And then over mm-hmm. the long term, it'll it'll lead to insulin resistance. You're not getting that when you're doing when you're having ketones or just in generally having lower sugar stuff. It's, one way to think about it too is like there's all there's like all these levels to sugar, right? On the one hand you have like refined table sugar. That's like the worst. And then like, there's like better forms of carbs, more complex carbs with more fiber that are slower to digest, create less of a spike. And then you can switch over. Okay. Now you have things that have no, no carbs whatsoever, very low carbs, like an avocado or egg or steak. And like those, and then all the way like ketones, like straight ketones that are all the way on the other end of the spectrum. It's helpful to paint out the spectrum. Cause like, I'm not insane. I'm not yeah. just like just <laughs> drinking ketones all day. Like I drink, well, I drink it all day, but I don't, it's like, that's not the only thing I have. Like that's like <laughs> 10% of my calories. Right. So like there's this whole spectrum ketones are just like the super fuel that is, it's like, if you dial it all the way of like all the way to the end of the spectrum, you'd have, you'd end up with a pure ketone.
1: Yeah. You but should like, make a it, graphic of that.
0: Of like the, the things I eat and like the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um,
2: so that's so fascinating that it's not spiking insulin. So it's kind of similar to exercise with blood glucose. Like a lot of people, when they do high intensity exercise, you see a rise in glucose and people kind of get freaked out. They're like, is this bad, This the spike in glucose? But we know that insulin isn't being released. So long-term, we're actually improving metabolic health. So would you say yeah. the same about ingesting the ketones, that like we're actually kind of putting more money in our metabolic health bank? I just made that
0: up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's, that. it's, it has a lot of similarities to exercise. I don't want to say it's any, in any way a replacement, I would say like exercise and also have ketones. Like it's, it's not supposed to replace it, but yeah, it has that same effect where you are turning, you're, you're creating energy, but you're not doing it like the dirty way. You're not doing it by like
2: mm-hmm. adding you know, stress to the body.
0: Yeah. Adding new carbohydrates to the body and, and causing oxidative stress by metabolizing it a lot yeah. of the way that people feel it's interesting too. When you mentioned exercise, like a lot of the way that people feel like the way that I sometimes describe ketones is that it's, it's like runners high in a bottle. Like part of what you're feeling when you have runners high is that your body is starting to make ketones. Cause you have this increased energy demand, mm-hmm. band and your body's you know running lower on blood glucose as you're exercising longer. And so part of runners mm-hmm. high is like if, uh, some other things too. There's other, other hormones that elevate when you're exercising, but a big component is the fact that you're, elevating your circulating ketones. Those ketones are powering your brain and you feel good and you feel good. Yeah. And it's, it's it's, the same thing with like fasting when a lot of people feel really like dialed in when they're fasting, right? They go on a fasting retreat or they do an intermittent fast or whatever. You feel really like sharp and dialed in. A lot of that is due to the fact that you're, you have elevated ketones and your brain is running on ketones and it makes people feel really pleasant.
1: Yeah. So is is it better (laughs) to take the ketones when we're fasting or with food away from food?
0: It depends what you're going for. Like when you're fasting, it's nice because it can kind of extend out your fasting window. It can extend the amount of time that you're, you know, not eating anything that's spiking your glucose. And that so that can be nice. It depends what you're going for, right? Because if you're a Tour de France cyclist, you're trying to like you're biking hard as hell every day for like weeks up a mountain at altitude. Like you're trying to eat as much as possible. And what I would say to the Tour de France athlete is like after your ride, when you're having your recovery meal or recovery shake have ketones with that because ketones will accelerate your muscle glycogen reuptake. They'll accelerate the speed at which the recovery drink helps. They also accelerate muscle protein resynthesis. So like Mm. if you're an elite athlete, Mm. you're like, the the equation is like you're trying to eat as much as possible and recover as fast as possible. And then like, I would say, then, then the standard there is stack ketones with the rest of your recovery stack. But if you're doing intermittent fasting, you're trying to like minimize carbs, like, okay, then ketones can be a nice replacement for everything else.
2: Oh, there's so many applications. I'm going to say most of our audience is probably not in the endurance, like ultra runner marathon, though I'm like so fascinated with that. Maybe we should go more towards like the intermittent fasting, like the average person that just wants to move towards metabolic health. Like how would they integrate this into their day? Wake up in the morning. Is this something you should do first thing?
0: Yeah, wake up in the day, have it first thing, have, you know, coffee, athletic greens, whatever your stack is and ketones, ketone IQ mm-hmm. and try to put off having your first material calories until lunchtime or like have something small if if you need to, but uh, or like have do a workout in that fasted state and then have your first substantive meal. Like try to not wake up and first thing the day eat oatmeal and pancakes like that's that's like what you really want to avoid <laughs> why not <laughs> yeah it's I mean because you'll I mean you know but I'll say it for the audience anyway which is yeah you, like the as soon as you start to get on that roller coaster of like carb spike carb crash carb respite carb cra- like as soon as you get on that roller coaster it's hard to get off so you kind of wake up in the day with this free and fast yeah this free yeah. reset like you probably fasted for eight hours good for you and so if you can extend that out another two, four, six hours, like good for you. Like that is, that's what you want to do. Like without being hardcore, like I've done a seven day fast. I know a lot of people in the biohacker community like to do intermittent fasting or regular fasting or like daily 16 and eight or OMAD one meal a day. Like there's a lot of hardcore protocols, but if if the question is like how to kind of ease into it, it's just like, I would say, how can you push carbs, any carbs intake into later in the day, into lunchtime or maybe even dinner time. Can you make it so your first like substantive meal is at noon instead of 8 AM? And if it's, Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, the textbook way that people use ketone IQ is wake up in the morning, have their coffee, athletic greens, ketone IQ, have a good morning, and then have something for lunch around noon.
1: Cool. And on the other end of the spectrum, what about nighttime? Cause I know this is a big debate. I have a lot of biohacker friends that swear by ketones before bed, They're like it's fueling my brain. I sleep like a baby, but then if it's increasing energy, like I'm it's, nervous to try it before bed. What are yeah, your it's, thoughts?
0: It's really interesting way to wrap your mind around it. Where how can the same thing be giving you energy at 11 AM and at 11 PM, you're saying it helps me to sleep. One way to think about it is think about hydration. Like if you get well hydrated at 11 AM, you're going to, be Really switched on for work. If you're really thirsty before going to bed, you're gonna have a hard time sleeping. So if you hydrate before mm. going to sleep, it's gonna help you go to sleep. Ketones, because they're this substrate, they help your body with what your body is trying to do based on your circadian rhythm, based on your nervous system activity. Is it are you height if you have heightened alertness, then ketones can help you there. If you are in rest and relax mode, ketones will help you there. So there was a study done w- by this Belgian research group where they did a recovery study and it basically mimicked the tour de France protocol where for three weeks they had cyclists riding several times a day, three times a day. And it was over, it was over three weeks and they had them, they had two groups. One, one of the groups had ketones, the other didn't, and both groups were at, allowed to eat whatever they wanted beyond the ketones or beyond placebo. And what they showed at the end of three weeks was that the ketone group had significantly higher training load over those three weeks. And in the final time trials had 5% faster final time trial performance. So 15% higher training load and 5% faster on the final time trial. And when they were looking specifically at what was happening during those days, they saw an increase in parasympathetic nervous system. So basically better rest and recovery in the ketone group when they were having these ketones throughout the day, including half an hour before bedtime. So Mm. it's the same thing that, that can help you get into flow state at 11 AM at when it's 11 PM, it helps you go into like, what's your circadian rhythm telling you to do at 11 PM? Like what's your body want to do? It wants to activate rest and recovery mode. if, If you have, you're doing all the sleep cues to get into parasympathetic mode, like you're breathing, not looking at your screens, you have ketones, then ketones basically help your brain to do all the cleanup activities that it needs to do in order to have a good night's sleep.
1: Hmm. Yeah, That's fascinating. fascinating. Adaptogenic in a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's interesting how it. Very cool. Yeah.
2: So would you stack it with anything Are there like particular amino acids that you would pair with it? Does it work well with magnesium, CBD? Is it
0: better alone? It, it stacks. It's, I think of it as like this, the universal stacker because like whatever you're trying to do, like, so like, like it stacks really well with caffeine because caffeine increases brain activity, increases brain energy demand. If you have ketones to supply that energy and they're, and they're super efficient, like it stacks really well. It also stacks really well with recovery protein. Cause like we were saying earlier, if you have a hard workout and you have you you have a protein shake after working out, when you have ketones after, along with that recovery shake, The ketones will accelerate the muscle protein resynthesis. So it's kind of like whatever you like doing. Like, if you like, a lot of people like to microdose this or that. A lot of people like different functional mushrooms, different CBD for anxiolytic effects. That a lot of these supplements that we're already taking or nootropics, like the specific intent of those is to accelerate brain activity or some muscle repair is to accelerate something that's going to create an energy need. And like, like we said at the top, like ketones are a substrate. They're not like the specifically targeted fuel. They're a fuel for like anything that it is that you need. And so like what I, what I say is like, whatever you're already doing, like if you really love your mud water or your four Sigmatic, or you really love your, your CBD or like whatever it is that you already love, then it'll just try accentuate. out ketones with, yeah. See how you like it. See how it accentuates.
2: That is so interesting. And I'm particularly interested about the psychedelic stacking. Oh, it's um, super actually, interesting. I heard you talk to Ben Greenfield about this and oh gosh, it's, I love listening to him because he has the, the most amazing questions. But generally when people are preparing less for a microdose, but more for a macrodose and you're doing like a dieta, you're usually fasting. So that makes sense to me that the yeah. ketones would pair well with the fasted state. But what... Why is it accentuating? it? Can we like go a level deeper? I really like, want to understand the science of why. Maybe even just for a microdose, that it would emphasize or make it more. It's not going to make yeah. it more
1: perceptual, is it? What's up, biohackers? Did you know that there's actually one specific phase of sleep that almost everyone fails to get enough of? And this one phase of sleep is responsible for most of your body's daily rejuvenation, repair, helps control hunger hormones, weight loss hormones, also boosts our energy for the next day, and so much more what is this magical phase we're talking about? This is deep sleep. We can track this on something like the Aura Ring or BioStrap or any of these other awesome devices. But the problem is if you don't get enough deep sleep, you'll probably struggle a lot with cravings, even slow metabolism, premature aging, a lot of other health conditions. But the big question is why don't most people get enough of this really important phase of sleep? And a really big reason behind this is actually magnesium deficiency. Unfortunately, over 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium. There's a lot of reasons why that is, but we really want more magnesium because it's going to increase GABA, and this supports relaxation on a cellular level, and that is obviously really critical for sleep. But we also know that magnesium plays a key role in regulating your body's stress response system. So when people are deficient in magnesium, they might notice they have higher levels of anxiety and stress, which are going to obviously negatively impact sleep. So before you run out and buy a magnesium supplement off of the store shelf, you have to understand that most magnesium products on the market, they're either synthetic or they only have one or two forms of magnesium. When the reality is our body needs all seven forms of magnesium. That's really, really important. And that's why we really recommend the product from Bioptimizers. They created this magnesium product called Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven types of magnesium in it. It's really great if you take it before bed because it'll help relax you, get a really good deep deep night of sleep, (laughs) and you'll wake up feeling refreshed and energized. So I think you'll start to notice the benefits of when you get this deep sleep. You'll notice it in all the different aspects of your health. And a bonus, we love that Bioptimizers always offers free shipping and this is wild. They offer a 365-day money-back guarantee on all their products. So if you try it and you hate it, you can send it back. That's pretty impressive that they do that. We appreciate it. And then on top of that, you can also get 10% off the magnesium breakthrough. All you have to do is go to magbreakthrough.com biohackerbabes, and then you can use discount code biohackerbabes to get 10% off. We will throw that link and discount code in the show notes for today's episode so you can check it out there. All right. We hope you all have an amazing night of sleep. And for now, let's get back to the show.
0: It's that you're like, what are you doing when you're taking a psychoactive compound is, and this also applies by the way, like breath work. Like I just did a breath work session recently and I had ketones. A few other people like ketones and had a really good time. When you're doing a, when you're having a psychoactive compound, you're increasing Neuron ENF. activity in some way, right? Like you're you're lighting up some part of your brain, you're connecting something in your brain that wasn't connecting already. And that increase in brain activity is increasing and in, is causing an increase in energy demand. So some people do say, hey, when I take LSD, I love to have sugar. Like it just feels really good. Like because my brain is like lit up. That because you're creating that increase in brain activity, you're creating an increase in brain energy demand. And hmm. what's interesting about ketones is that they are energy, they are calories, they're a source of energy, but they're super efficient and they're not gated on the same ways as glucose, carbohydrates, and they turn into ATP more efficiently with less oxygen and they cause less oxidative stress. So it's interesting. Again, it's interesting to stack with different psychoactive things that people might be curious about.
2: Okay. So it's brain food without all of, I guess the negative effects of, you know, the energy demands of eating food.
0: Right right cuz a, yeah. a lot in a lot of, it's in, it's a good way to think about it as food right cuz a lot of what else we're talking about it's like not caloric right like there's no calories in caffeine there's no calories in ketamine or psilocybin or any any of these things that people ayahuasca like there's not calories inside of that they are interacting with different hormones and neuroreceptors like they are definitely changing your perceptive state on the world but they're mm-hmm. not providing Energy per se, right? Caffeine is not giving you any energy. It is blocking adenosine, the sleep mm-hmm. hormone, and making your body not feel tired and making it feel more alert. But it's not giving you energy. It might it makes you more active, and then it, it's like creating this need for energy. It's like that's why sometimes if you ever you're like over caffeinated, then like at the end of it, like you feel really exhausted because you're like you just like threw your body into overdrive, but you didn't actually if you didn't give it also more calories, then it's like your body's just like go 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 go. Yeah. So you're yeah. creating this need for energy. And if you can supply it again, like you don't want to just go and have a pack of Sour Patch Kids or something. Like you want to provide it, you preemptively power it with a better source of energy or intentionally fast. It's also, you know, as you mentioned, like something that that in the like dieta that a lot of people like to do is part of the, the ritual around different psychoactive experiences. But if you are going to fuel, I think it's like you're doing this thing. A lot of times what I hear people say is that they're doing These psychoactive experiences as this like way to cleanse or way to get clarity, way to get perspective. It's just like feels weird to be like getting one with the universe while you're like, what are you eating? Like eating a Reese's peanut butter cup that's like terrible for your (laughs) metabolism. It just feels like dissonant with what your stated goal was. You should be giving your body like the clean, pure stuff. Like just drink some nice water and yeah. I don't think Reese's
2: increases neuroplasticity. I'm gonna say it's gonna take you the other way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting when we're talking about neuroplasticity is that there's this massive correlation between diabetes, type two diabetes, which we we were already talking a lot about insulin resistance and Alzheimer's. There's massive correlation that a lot of people who, who have Alzheimer's also have diabetes and vice versa to where a lot of people are consider Alzheimer's to be type three diabetes, where it's basically a insulin resistance of your brain, where you've mm-hmm. lost Neuroplasticity, like your, you've, your brain has lost the ability to utilize energy well and specifically utilize glucose well. And there's some interesting studies on like ketogenic diet for recovering cognitive ability. Like the, the story mm-hmm. that everyone likes to tell about the ketogenic diet, like the ketogenic diet first came on the map in modern science 100 years ago in the early 20th century, where there were kids that were having seizures and the doctors saw that by giving putting the kids on a ketogenic diet and elevating circul- circulating ketone levels and suppressing glucose levels, they were able to recover cognitive ability in the kids and decrease these the seizure rate massively. and it's still going on. There's a lot of good work done by the Charlie Foundation and the Metabolic Health Summit we just came back from and, and presented at. There's a lot of really good work going on in the in the field of using ketones. A ketogenic diet, exogenous ketones, like what we make with ketone IQ to address these therapeutic neurological states, including seizures, including Alzheimer's, including um, TBI is another interesting area. And a lot of, like some, but not all of those insights carry over to just like healthy human adults. It's like, okay, if you can recover cognitive ability in an Alzheimer's patient, like that same mechanism of action can hold true for just a healthy human adult. It's like, okay, well, a better fuel is a better fuel for anyone.
1: Totally. I remember there was a story maybe like 15 years ago about a woman that cured her husband's Alzheimer's by feeding him. I think it was like eight tablespoons of coconut oil a day. I don't know if you remember that story, which I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would question now with like what we know genetically with saturated fats for some people, like that would probably not be the best option, but ketones would be a solution for someone that maybe can't tolerate the saturated fat obviously he was able to, cause it was able to get, you know, across the blood-brain barrier and
0: yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like their coconut oil or MCT oil. The reason people like yeah. coconut oil is because it is high in MCTs, which are medium chain triglycerides. It's a very specific type of fat that your body can most easily convert into ketones. So fat is this broad category medium chain triglyceride refers to like the number of carbons in the carbon chain of of the fat so that you have six, eight, 10, or 12 length are all considered medium chain triglycerides. And the eight, the, the best of the MCTs is called caprylic acid. It's the eight carbon chain length one, C8. You can look for that on your MCT. We also sell MCTs. You can look for that on your MCT. I will say, even though we sell MCTs, like the, what you're going for with that MCT it's 10% as effective as drinking a ketone that like bulletproof coffee or like eating a bunch of coconut oil was kind of the best that right. you could do for like the last decade like i think you know props yeah. to bulletproof coffee for putting it yeah, on a map and present,
1: yeah yeah
0: presenting this option of instead of having your starbucks frappuccino sugar bomb with 46 grams of sugar not necessarily the breakfast of champions like instead rather have zero carb high fat high mct coffee to get your, kick start your brain into making ketones that, that's awesome. And that's like what the last decade was about. I think everyone in and around biohacking has tried out bulletproof coffee. The forward look not on the next decade is okay, well, what if I can have a shot of ketones directly? It just works like it, it just works 10 times as well. And it's it like objectively, mm-hmm. if you're measuring your blood ketone levels, MCT has some conversion rate into ketones. Even the best MCT, it's gonna convert like slow, small amount, like 10% into ketones versus. Hmm like ketone IQ, just go, it's like hundred percent ketone. And so when you're measuring, if you're measuring your blood ketone levels, there's a difference between like one to two millimole versus like 0.1 to 0.2 millimole.
2: Yeah. So I want to know more about measuring when we do measure and I'm assuming blood is the most efficient way to do that. Is higher always better? And does higher always mean that our body is actually absorbing and being able to use it? Like if we were kind of, if I could compare my levels to Renee's, is our level of ketone actually mean we're using that amount?
0: Yeah, but you're right. Blood is the best. It's the most accurate. There's other ways to do it, like urine and breath. Those are less precise. They're sometimes measuring similar but different ketones, the one that you actually care about. The blood ketone, like the Keto Mojo or the Abbott one works. Those those are Those are really good. There's also, interestingly, you know, like continuous glucose monitor, like levels right or there's a there's a few other brands out there abbott who makes a lot of the hardware that powers levels and nutrisense and sapiens a lot of the brands in the space abbott just announced they're launching a continuous ketone monitor
1: that's awesome
0: so a ck that.
1: that's yeah. so cool
0: yeah they announced it at the consumer electronics show in vegas
1: oh yeah right yeah right. At that's I, I heard um uh. Our friend, Molly McLaughlin, who's like a sleep expert, she's like always up on the latest tech. And she told me about it. And I think, is that the one that's also tracking alcohol?
0: Yeah. Same so time. It's, it's called Project Lingo and okay. it's tracking. So V like V1 is like, okay. Track blood glucose. V2 is they're going to do ketones. They're going to do blood alcohol and they're going to do blood lactate as well. So kind of the next three wow. most important blood biomarkers, which is <laughs> super cool. Like it's, it's really. Yeah. It's really great to have that kind of information at our fingertips and it's massively changing the way that people think about their diet and what they're eating and how -hmm. their, their relationship with food. Because I, I, I think the, I think that we were promised, we were promised nutrition of the future and we got like pomegranate juice, which is just like really high sugar, right? It's just at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, there's a lot of sugar in there.
2: I feel nauseous thinking
1: about pomegranate (laughs) juice. I did that urolithin A test one time. I was like, enough. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I I have to do it this week. And the bottle has been sitting in my fridge for two weeks. I just keep looking at it. I'm like, you're Mm. never going to want to see it again. (laughs) I don't want to drink it. But I want to do the test and see what my urolithin A is like. So,
0: Oh, nice. What prompted the the test there?
1: Um, Just (laughs) mine. Yeah, timeline nutrition, talking with them about how, so urolithin A being, you know, good support for mitochondrial health, but a lot of us don't have the right gut microbiome to actually convert that in the gut and use it. Oh. So the idea is you drink the pomegranate juice and then you do the blood test, the finger prick, and it will tell you if your gut microbiome is able to. I guess yeah. it's, Jesus,
0: that's, it. that's super interesting, but
1: it's like such a crazy biohacker yeah. test. Cause I'm like, I don't want to drink the
2: juice, but yeah. no, my only motivating factor was that it's a part of a clinical study. I was like, Oh, first time yeah. like actually being a part of research. So I'm in, but Yeah, never yeah. again.
0: Well, oh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I think tangent. <laughs> I, no, I think I didn't want go on a tangent. Cause yeah, we were promised nutrition of the future and we got acai berries and like, we got a lot of, we got a lot of sugar marketing, <laughs> right? Like we got a lot of <laughs> I don't want to like overly poo-poo it. Like if there's a specific compound inside of pomegranate juice, that's, that's helpful. Like awesome. That is great. But that like, generally it's been a lot of marketing for the last decade or two. And the forward look on the next decade is, Hey, if someone knows their glucose and ketone levels and they know their metabolic biomarkers, they, or their coach or their doctor can optimize what they're doing. They can think twice about what you're eating and you can see it objectively, like That's what's so cool about our, like our ketone IQ is that like you drink it and you can see your blood ketone levels go up, but you do an intermittent fast. You can see your blood ketone levels go up. You can see your blood glucose levels normalize. Like you can see, like if you're, you, you seen with levels, like if you stop eating, if you're always spiking your sugar, your body gets really bad at clearing it. So like, it's a very gentle curve down versus if you're like, if you have good behavior for like for weeks or a month and, and you stop spiking all the time, then if, and when you do have that cupcake, your body's going to spike, but it's also going to clear it really quickly. Like you can see in real time, your body having better or worse metabolic flexibility. And like, of course that's going to change behaviors. Like it's, it's just so obvious to, I would say some portion of the world, the same way that in like, I don't know, 1982, it was really obvious to some portion of the world that like everyone was going to have a computer in their pocket. Yeah. And now we're, now we're here and we do. And I, I'm really excited for where nutrition is going for the next 10 plus years. It's, I think it's going to, it's going to really look very different.
1: Yeah, me too. Super exciting. I think anything that is going to provide real-time data is going to be such a game changer for motivating people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even like uh, our friend, Dr. Jay Wiles with his new device, which is going to be HRV nice. in real time. I mean, people being able to see how they react and have a stress response 247 7 has got to help drive behavior change.
0: So, yeah, all really yeah. exciting stuff. No, I, yeah. it's it's true. And I'm beautiful. curious: have you
1: seen um, have ketones increased HRV or done anything?
0: Yeah. There? So in so in that recovery study, there was another there was another study too uh, where they showed increase in parasympathetic activity. So the recovery study I mentioned of the Belgian group where they sh- with the Tour de France mimicking protocol they showed increase in, in recovery that was due to increase in parasympathetic activity, suppression of sympathetic nervous system. And then there was another study done where they showed basically the same thing that like elevated ketones turn on that rest and recovery mode. So super interesting. And it's something that people can try from home too. Like, like a lot of people subjectively will say like ketones, get them into flow state, which is that it's, it's, it's like when you're like dialed in and relaxed, but focused and like, you're not in that like fight or flight, like check every inbox and notification on every social media app. You're more like dialed in, calm, cool and collected. And like, that's, that's the line to draw from why you have, you can be in like the same thing and help you get into flow state during the day and can help you to sleep at night. Cause when we say, when I say ketones are giving you energy, it's not like this, like hyper type of energy. It's this like
1: right, flow state
0: type of energy. Yeah. It's not that overstimulated. It's just like anxiolytic. Like if a lot of people like L-theanine or CBD. It's like, it's like this, you're almost like more calm and then you're more dialed in and that focus. So is it, energy is like a imprecise word to use to describe it. What it, It's better to say you're in a, this flow state and then, and then it's easy to see, okay, well at night, like if I'm also in that flow state, then, okay, that's like, I'm going to flow into sleep. Like it's going to help mm-hmm. me to to sleep at night.
2: Yeah. Okay. So that makes a lot more sense. Now when I'm thinking about plant medicines because we you know psychedelics dampen default mode network, and that takes you into flow state. Yeah. So by like dampening that chatter, which could potentially keep someone up at night, or it can keep them from getting stuff done during the day. Same thing. the yeah. flow. So that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Just riffing on that last one. I was to say that when you have ketones present, it makes your body think that you are in that like ancient context that you've like walked around all day or not eating a lot of sugar, it, may, it makes your body snap into this more like efficient mode of operating. So yeah. it's, it's all connected. Yeah.
2: Super or woman. Yeah. I have, I have two more quick questions. I know we're kind of coming close to time, but with sleep and ketones, are you seeing more stable glucose levels through the night like for someone that has reactive hypoglycemia or just has some variability from eating something like a poor choice in the evening will ketones help through the night
0: that's a good question so generally ketones do help with blood glucose control and they help with the nervous system like sleep markers that we'd be looking for we have a project out ahead of us to look really specifically at sleep and how like like actually just measure someone through the night on their Different biomarkers. So I would say it's more of an open question right now. You can connect a couple of dots of like, okay, this helps with blood glucose control during the day or helps with these Tour de France athletes with their recovery and, and sleep is a big part of that. So there's a couple of dots you could connect now, but I will say that there's a upcoming study as well that we're working on to look at specifically ketones and sleep.
2: Okay, cool. Or maybe I'll send some clients some bottles and report back with case studies.
0: Yeah, you know, we love that. I think that's a lot of how at least like the initial hypothesis formation is going on. Right. Cause like before there's the like multimillion dollar research contract or whatever, a lot of times it comes from the, the biohackers, right. It comes from the, the citizen practitioners who are mm-hmm. trying something out. And again, it's like, you're not going to have a high power statistically high power outcome from like an N equals one or two or three of your buddies, but it can be directionally interesting. It can, it can, sure that's why I think, I don't know. I I come full circle on biohackers where like, I think biohacking is interesting. And I think the main pushback on biohacking is like, oh, it's just end of one, that thing worked for you. I think the pushback to the pushback is like, well, that's how everything starts. Like everything starts with a little inkling or a little like discovery by someone. And it's cool that your average citizen scientist with, you know, a few hundred bucks can like do some meaningful analysis on themselves and start to form hypotheses And then there can be a groundswell of like, in aggregate people putting it together like i'm friends with the founders at Bioloop Sleep and they're they're doing a lot of interesting work on ketones and or no sorry they're doing they're they're doing a lot of work on sleep and they're curious about like anything that can input into the equation to help sleep
2: yeah, yeah. their blog is excellent they have some great writers for them doing some awesome research bioloop i have one more quick question you said ketone IQ has calories in it. So if someone is fasting, are we following the general rule of like, if it spikes your glucose over five points, technically it's taking you out of a fasted state. Are you still going to get general benefits of fasting? Can we get into autophagy with the Ooh. ketones?
0: Yeah, these are good questions. Sorry. It's... I know
2: that's probably a big question. We're question. Like, At <laughs> the end. Quick question. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Okay. We'll so back on. <laughs> yeah, no ke- ketones are it depends on okay, how hardcore you want to be about your definition of fasting and what your goals are. Ketones are caloric. So in the strictest sense, if fasting means no calories, then ketones will break your fast. You can go even more hardcore and say like, you shouldn't even be having anything besides water. Like coffee is not even like true, true believer fasting. Okay. Put that aside. A lot of why people want to fast is to spend more time with lower blood glucose levels, less circulating blood Mm -hmm. glucose, less elevated insulin levels. A lot of people just like the way that they feel. They feel really, really sharp and focused and dialed in. And so for all of those things, like ketone is like beneficial or neutral. Like it's not knocking you out of that fast. It's not going to elevate your blood glucose. You might even see a dip in blood glucose because it it has a blood glucose control effect. Your blood glucose might already be like low and controlled from the fasting, but generally ketones are going to control blood glucose as far as autophagy, so that's a really interesting point. So autophagy, if you're very specifically looking at autophagy, then I would say, okay, yeah. Calories from ketones are going to work against you where you want to really be like, you're digesting yourself. Like you want, you want your body to be like absent, absent of (laughs) external calories. So it's like eating up whatever it is that you're, that you're after with autophagy. Like you want, you want to be, you want your body to be consuming its own protein buildup or this or that, that, uh, adding calories into the system is going to work against that. So yeah, that's all to say, it depends on your, depends on your goals. Yeah. And of all of the things, okay. Of all of the things to cheat on a fast with, I would say ketones are the best. Like you don't want to cheat on <laughs> yeah. it with a peanut butter cup. Like that would be the worst.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> cool.
1: Great Thank answer. you for a very
2: succinct answer for to my not quick question that's at a all.
1: Question. <laughs> yeah. Good to cover that. Amazing. Well, Michael, thank you so much for everything. I can't believe how much I just learned about ketones in the last hour. Like, it's such a fascinated, fascinating topic. I feel like you must love love what you do.
0: I do, and likewise, <laughs> as curiosity comes through, you you two clearly love what you do. So I'm glad it's coming through it's on so my fun. end, and this was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And before we let you run, just one final question. One piece of advice you can give to our audience, something they can do today to optimize their health and wellness other than drink ketones.
0: (laughs) A really simple rule I find is do something active every day and don't break the rule. It's hard to, once you start negotiating with yourself of like, Oh, I have certain days or I don't feel good. Like even on a bad day, like still go put on a podcast, go for a walk for 45 minutes. I think it's just the simplest kindergarten rule (laughs) and just don't break it. And then, and then build the discipline and don't negotiate with yourself. And it's what humans are meant to do. Like, it was very weird. If you can think about like a hundred thousand years ago, a human on the Savannah, like sitting put in one the cubicle, like for 24 yeah. hours, like that would never happened. Like you would like, you're at least going to go gather some berries and like move your body, get some mobility and endurance work, some strength work, like just do the bare minimum, like do something active every day. And for some people that can be, Hey, I'm training for an Ironman. My thing today is a four and a half hour bike ride. Cool. Good for you. Awesome. But on the other side, like at least, you know, go for a walk, have like a standard, you know, hotel exercise. Even if you're traveling, like I do push-ups and sit-ups for 25 minutes, like have your thing that you can always go to and do. Awesome.
1: Ah, I love that. Great advice. Just get in that routine and just go with it. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Um, can you let our listeners know best places to follow you?
0: Sure. Yeah. So my name is Michael and you can find me. On all the social media platforms, I'm at BDM underscore runner. And the company is called Health Via Modern Nutrition. So you can find us at HVMN. Type in HVMN into Google. Our product's called Ketone IQ. You can find us out there. Love hearing from people. Like, love hearing what you're trying. If you're trying sleep or looking at HRV or trying different plant-based medicines, whatever you're doing, love to hear from people. So put it out there. Tag me. Say hello.
1: Great. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes too, for people to find. Um, Also in the show notes, there'll be a discount code. If you want to try ketone IQ, yes. Thank you for that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Michael, and everyone that tuned in today. We will see you next time.
0: Thanks Renee. Thanks Lauren.
1: Love this episode of the biohacker babes podcast. Head over to Apple podcasts
2: to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support.